Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope. This is where you get to hear how to feel happy, balanced, and worthwhile. How to make that lonely ache vanish and feel empowered, confident, and secure. I'm Lauren Abrams, and I get to help you feel that magic again since going through my own dark night of the soul by chatting with incredible leaders, healers, and change agents who give you their message of hope after overcoming challenges of their own. And today we're talking to holistic psychiatrist and founder of Free Range Psychiatry, Dr. Kendra Campbell. Do you sometimes feel like you're in a fog, a zombie moving through life on autopilot? Are you sick of the cookie cutter, automatic prescribing of meds as a solution to your problems? So was psychiatrist, Dr. Kendra Campbell. Good news for you because Dr. Campbell created a different path for her and for you. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hope, Dr. Campbell. Thank you so much, Lauren. Thank you for that intro. Super excited to be here. Yeah. Okay. First, let's just establish your credentials and get into the fact that you are a medical doctor, right? you know, and all of that. Yeah, and- no, I, I went through traditional medical school, uh, four years of psychiatric residency, and I did two fellowships at Columbia. So yes, I have a lot of education and a lot of credentials uh, behind me. <laughs> yeah, well papered and all of that. Yeah, that's what I always say. Yeah. Okay, so here you are, you experienced the burnout. We all, I mean, everybody knows about the burnout. <laughs> like, I did. Yeah. Do you want me to go into the details of that? Yeah. And, and also and talk about wanting to be a mom and what you were told, because I just think that's fascinating. Absolutely. So I would say I'm actually somebody who's probably struggled with mental health problems. Like since I was a kid, I had various different diagnoses and like always sort of had uh, anxiety, a lot of different things. And then after after I completed my uh, psychiatric training, I ended up working in a uh, New York City emergency room, actually uh, working in it and running it, working crazy hours seeing the same patients again and again. We call that the re- revolving door phenomena. I was really not taking care of myself, had a lot of toxic habits, addictions, just really, really bad. And I had a lot of medical problems. I had severe endometriosis, neuropathy. Uh, at one point I couldn't even swallow, gastritis, all kinds of things, and a lot of mental health symptoms. I was having really bad anxiety, uh, panic attacks, and kind of just overall a hot mess. At one point I was up to, I think about 20 medications that I was taking. And I had been to probably, I think three of some of the top doctors in New York city who had all given me the same information. And they had all said that like no way in hell that I would ever be able to have kids because of all of my medical problems and my severe endometriosis. So basically I ended up going to this sort of somewhat holistically minded doctor and long and short of it is, she said, I think actually you could have kids. I think actually you could probably get off all these medications, but you're going to have to basically quit your job and like completely overhaul your life. And it was weird because like, that was the first time anyone had said anything like that to me. Like everyone had always told me that there was no hope. And it's something when she said that just something clicked. I I can't even explain it. Just something clicked deep inside of me. And I realized this is what I have to do. So So wait, I have a a question. How did you even end up in front of a holistic doctor? (laughs) Yeah, it's a good question. I don't even remember how it happened. I can tell now that, you know, it was sort of just fate, right? Like somehow I think somebody had recommended her to me or something like that. I I mean, I, I know I was interested in sort of like the alternative type of stuff, but up until that point, at least for my own medical problems, I had been only seeing traditional doctors. Had you always been on meds? Well, probably since the age of about 16. Yes. On and off different medications. Yeah. Okay. So here you are. She's kind of told you this and something inside of you clicks. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're a high powered doctor at this point. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And I, I didn't want to give it up. Like there was definitely a part of me that was like, you know, this was a job. I was at Columbia University. This was a job I had dreamed of like my entire. This is what I had been working my ass off for so many years to do. Like I was, you know, managing the emergency room. This was my dream job. But I just I, I don't know. I just realized that it wasn't what I wanted. And I wanted to have children. If there, if there was any possible ability that I could do that, it was worth it. It was worth trying at least, you know. Yeah. So what did you do? I didn't immediately quit my job, but I did re- significantly cut back on my hours. And then I just changed my entire life. And, and I gave up, I was smoking, drinking coffee, all of my toxic habits. I, you know, cleaned up my diet, started exercising, but it's meditating. And I basically tapered myself off of all of the medications I was on and big shocker that all of these so-called chronic incurable uh, physical and, uh, you know, mental health problems that, you know, I was told I was just going to have for the rest of my life and they couldn't be addressed. Miraculously, it uh, just went away, like literally disappeared. My anxiety was gone. My panic attacks were gone. All of the bizarre physical symptoms and pain I had uh, was was gone. And I, I did end up going through IVF, actually. At the time, if I had known what I knew now, I probably would not have done that, but I didn't know what I know now. I had two embryos. Uh, we conceived two embryos. And then basically I went in and had the first one implanted. And the day that I basically just, I think it was about a week after that, where I realized I was starting to have the symptoms and realized that I was pregnant. I actually, this might sound crazy to some people, but I actually heard a voice, which I now know or now believe that it was like my daughter's voice, my, the, the little embryo that was inside me, like say, quit your job. <laughs> yeah. And so I did. I decided at that point that um, if I was going to have a a baby growing inside me, I did not want to go back to the emergency room where I was working. I didn't want to go back to the environment there. I I just, it wasn't what I was meant to do. So that's the day everything changed. Being off all the meds, the panic attacks, anxiety, you had started meditating and Mm -hmm. had you ever meditated before or tried that? (laughs) It's funny because I had tried, but it never worked because I, I told myself, I was too anxious, right? Or that my mind was too scattered. And I say that now because now that I work with patients and I work with them to try to get them to meditate, so often the first thing they'll tell me is, nope, 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 my brain is too scattered for that. I can't focus. And then I can tell them, yeah, that's exactly what I thought for 38 years. And it turns out I was wrong. Well, it's the monkey mind. That's part of like, that's being human. (laughs) Exactly. And we all think that we're unique, that we have that, but you know, we all have that. It's, it's, this is common and it is challenging. It can be challenging when you first get started, but it's about sort of loving and accepting yourself through that process. And that's, that's, I think is the key to taking something like that on. Yeah. How did you end up starting a whole holistic psychiatry practice? Yeah. So I basically, When I made the decision to leave my job in New York City, I actually decided I didn't want to live in New York City either. The energy there was just just not the thing that was calling me at that moment. And so I ended up moving to Virginia because that's where my parents were living at the time to sort of be close to them. And it was like, well, what am I going to do now? And I really had always had this dream for a while, although the dream actually involved like doing sort of holistic psychiatry, but doing it on a farm. But seeing as how I was pregnant, I was thinking that probably didn't make a lot of sense to try to, you know, build a farm and everything like that. So instead, I got an office, you know, in the town where I was at and basically opened up the doors. I think I was about four or five months pregnant when I ended up opening free range psychiatry, which was about five, five years ago now. 
It's amazing. Okay. So let's talk about that because it's take a pill, take a pill, take a pill. That's kind of the culture. How do you break that cycle and that mindset? It's a hard one because you're right. It is like that sort of pill for every ill. So, well, first of all, I will say that when it comes to what I do, practicing what I call holistic psychiatry, and specifically, I ended up developing a niche where I help people, especially people who are trying to come off of psychiatric medications who struggle. So since that's specifically what I do, I will say that in my practice, I do have the luxury that most of the people that are coming to see me already are interested in that, right? I'm not really convincing people because they kind of already, they already know that that's what they want. That's why they're coming to see me. So I don't really have to do that. But I will say, of course, like, you know, just in my message on my social media and, you know, talking to public and people who may not be there yet, my approach is very much just sort of planting the seeds, planting the seeds and, and providing what is called informed consent. So uh, you probably know what informed consent is, uh, which basically means that, you know, we have a, a legal and moral ethical obligation as doctors when we are going to offer any type of treatment to explain the possible risks and benefits. However, when it comes to the explaining of the possible risks associated with psychiatric medication, for a variety of reasons I could go into if you're interested, informed consent does not happen. People are not being informed of the profound, severe, and sometimes permanent side effects that can happen. They are not being informed of the fact that once you start taking them, they may be so difficult to get off of that you may just be stuck on it for life. They are not being told that once you start one psychiatric medication, it's very likely that you will end up on many more because of the side effects and the things, you know, the changes. And they're certainly not being told that uh, psychiatric medications do not actually treat a chemical imbalance, like which is sort of what people have been sort of led to believe but actually create one. And so these are the things that are not being told. So, so it's, I've sort of just made it my sort of mission in life to try to talk to people and just spread the word and spread awareness about, about these issues since they are not being addressed, you know, in the doctor's office where they should be getting addressed. Okay. How come they aren't told about these risks? So that's a, probably a long explanation, but I think in short, it's two things. So what I was trained as I was trained in, you know, during my residency, the idea was that, you know, it's sort of like a a paternalistic thing whereby we know what's best for the patient. So we we really shouldn't tell them, we don't want to scare them with all those risks because then they won't take the medication and they really need that medication. So that's what was drilled into me over and over again. Like, you know, definitely minimize those, minimize the risk because your job is to get them to want to take the pill. And so if you're going to tell them too much, you're going to scare them. It's going to freak them out. And then they're not going to want to take it. So that's number one. Like th- this is how I was taught. And I know for a fact, this is how, you know, doctors and psychiatrists are trained. And then number two, I think actually most psychiatrists don't even fully know the full extent themselves. Like I know that a lot of what I now know as a psychiatrist in practice was not necessarily the things that I was taught. I wasn't not taught that psych- psychiatric drugs uh, cause a chemical imbalance. I was not taught that in residency. So I think it's a combination of, you know, the doctors not knowing and then the doctors thinking that they want to help. And this is the thing. I don't think that they are evil. I don't think that they're doing this intentionally or intentionally trying to harm people, but they are. They are nonetheless because they're not providing this informed consent before they start people on these drugs. Okay. So what's the main, when somebody comes to see you, are they trying to get off of meds usually, or they just want a holistic approach to psychiatry? What's the reason they usually come to see you? Yeah. So we get a combination. I'd say probably about like 10, 15% 
are people who are not on any medication and maybe haven't even taken them, but they're having anxiety or uh, depression or uh, insomnia, other sort of symptoms. And they, for whatever reason, are either scared to take medication or they just, they know the risks and they don't, they don't think it's worth it uh, or something like that. So we use, I use a holistic approach, um, which I can go into what that means if you like to essentially treat their symptoms. You know, in the, in the time that I've been doing this work at free range, I can say that this approach has worked basically 100% of the time. For the people who have engaged in the you know, recommendations that I provide, I haven't had to start medications for people. So it is extremely effective. And then the other you know, 85, 90% are people who are on psychiatric medications, desperately wanting to come off. They are struggling. They know that sort of my approach, which is to use a holistic approach to help people slowly taper off this medications is probably one of the best and safest ways to get off of these drugs. And so they're interested in a holistic approach to get off them. Right. So you're treating the underlying symptoms instead of take a pill. Exactly. We're treating the actual underlying cause, which again, psychiatric medications do not, none of them, zero of them treat any cause of mental illness. There are causes of mental illness. The psychiatric drugs do not treat a single one of them. Okay. So what's your approach and what can somebody who's listening that has anxiety or they have issues, what can they be doing? Cause everybody cannot see you. <laughs> yes, exactly. And there is so much, there is so much actually. And, and uh, I'll say this too, on my social media platforms, I have a lot of free resources available for people for this very reason, because I don't want actually everybody to have to come see me. My, my hope is that people can actually, you know, uh, absorb this information and just use it for themselves. And I think, and I, the feedback that I've gotten is a lot of people are doing that. So a holistic means sort of, uh, first of all, to look the step number one, is to look at the particular symptoms that you're having, anxiety, insomnia, whatever it is, and sort of try to determine what is actually causing them. What is the root cause? And there are lots of different root causes, but I would say for the majority of people, there are pretty common ones. And the common ones, probably the most common one, is that there is unhealed trauma. There's emotional work that needs to be done. So that's a biggie. Other things, other like sort of biological things, uh, commonly people have some deficiencies, like they might not be getting enough B12, they're not getting enough vitamin D, et cetera. Other things can be, you know, they can have some hormone imbalances. There can be a lot of psychological factors that are going on. And then another really, really, really big important cause is what I would call sort of like a, a misaligned and unaligned life meaning they are in a job that is just not the job for them. <laughs> they are in a relationship that is not the relationship for them. They're living someone else's life, right? That is a huge one, right? And of course, you could see how taking a pill that, you know, decreases or increases your serotonin, like is not going to fix the fact that you hate your job. <laughs> so I think that's often one of the biggest reasons. And of course, that's one of the most difficult to look at because it's not easy to just go ahead and start making those changes. Yet many times the biggest, you know, how to move the needle are these big picture things, like what's actually sort of going on. So that's basically sort of look at what are the things that are causing it and then try out different things that can help to work. So trying out different things to to heal the trauma. Also, I forgot to mention, but like dietary stuff. So looking at what it is that you're eating. So our food and our mental health, like intimately connected, right? So if you're eating lots of junk food, you're probably going to feel like junk. So uh, cleaning up the diet, eating real food, all of that. Getting back to nature is a biggie. Like this is something that I see so much in all of the patients that come to me is that they're sitting inside all day long. Like, and this is free by the way, right? It's free. You can find a patch of grass, even like in New York city, there's always little patches of grass, or you can go to a forest 
forest or whatever. But um, the healing power of nature is it, it just, it, it can't be understated. So literally just getting outside, spending up, spending time outside. And then, like I said, addressing the things where there's like an alignment, like addressing the, the, the relationship issues and things like that. There are some vitamins and supplements, of course, that can help depending upon what symptoms and what things that are going on. There are some natural things that you can take. And yeah, like I think I said, but looking into like the, the emotional sort of underpinnings of things, right? So like, what are the emotions and things that are feeding the symptoms that somebody might be having? And that varies from person to person. Okay. So you said B12 and D because those seem mm-hmm. like easy. So how would you know if it's B12 or D? Well, that's a good point. So there are certain things, there are certain um, uh, vitamins that you probably should get a blood level of if you're going to start, but then there are some that you can sort of safely take. So without even knowing what your blood level is. So one that I would say that 99.9999% of everybody probably in the world is deficient in right now is actually magnesium because of our soil depletion and a bunch of other things, magnesium gets depleted and magnesium will cause depression, insomnia, anxiety, mania, psychosis, all of those things, all of the reasons that someone may go to a psychiatrist are often called by often caused by not getting enough magnesium. And that is something that you don't need a blood level to check or anything like that. People can safely go ahead and start taking magnesium. It's also basically impossible to overdose on magnesium. So it's a good, good place to start. If you think that you may benefit from getting B12 and you're not getting enough in your diet, you can go ahead and safely take it. It's also not going to harm you uh, if you take it. Um, I will say vitamin D is the one that I don't recommend people take because you don't really know how much you need to take unless you have a blood, t- blood level. So for that one, you would have to get a doctor or they have all these little labs now. They have these online labs where uh, I can't remember the name of it, but a lot of websites where you could actually just order your own labs and you don't even need a doctor to do it. So that's another way that you could you know, test your levels of different vitamins. That's interesting. <laughs> test your own labs. And I love your cosmic principles and your cosmic goals. So do you have other doctors that are with you now or is it just you? We do. Uh, since free range has been around, we've had probably a total of I think five different psychiatrists. And currently it's myself and one other psychiatrist, Dr. Jennifer Giordano. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And I guess you can work virtually now, right? Exactly. So actually when I first started free range five years ago, we were actually three different things. We had an office, uh, we did virtual visits and I even did house calls, which was amazingly fun. I love house calls so much. It's so much fun getting to like go to someone's like, you know, and see them right there in their own place. But literally right before COVID, uh, I was postpartum and I decided that I just wanted to do the virtual visits literally like two months before COVID hit. And since we went fully virtual and since COVID and everything, we just decided we basically stayed fully, fully virtual since then. Okay. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. So what's the hardest challenge that you've overcome and how have you, how did you do it? Ooh, in life or in? Yeah, personally. Ooh, that's a good question. You know, I think it probably was like, you know, what I already sort of mentioned, which was like, you know, making the decision to essentially not make a decision (laughs) and not think about my life in terms of the logical thinking, intellectual, you have a spreadsheet with the risks and benefits type of decision-making, right? So most of my life, I would say that's what I did. You know, when I decided to go to medical school, when I decided to do all of these different things that I did, it was, you know, my brain was telling me to do it. And I just sort of listened to the logic behind it. And I think, 
for the first time, when I decided to just, you know, quit my job and do everything, that was, I think, the first time that I'd made what I would call like a heart-centered or a heart-based decision, right? It didn't make logical sense. My parents were like, you're quitting your what job? Like, you're doing a what? You know, of course, everybody that I worked with was very, very confused. Like, everybody was like, wait, that doesn't make sense. You're making good money, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't make sense. And I think that was the big big sort of turning point in my life. And I will say that since I did that, since I have done that, I've now basically applied that to pretty much all decisions in my life. I, I'm not hundred percent, but I try to sort of make decisions based, not necessarily the logical ones, but the ones that are heart-based. So yeah. So I think that was probably, probably one of the biggest things I had to overcome. And yeah, to do it was to basically get out of my own way and get out of my brain and get out of my head and listen to my heart. Yeah. Now, what would you tell somebody who they're afraid to make that leap of faith. They know that they're not where they're supposed to be, but they're just scared. Yeah, that's the hardest thing. I call it jumping off the energetic cliff. (laughs) It's really hard, right? Especially when we, most of us have been doing this our whole life. But I think my, my advice would be to do just that, to not to get out of your mind and uh, ways to get out of your mind actually include like doing meditation, doing yoga, doing breath work, basically inhabiting your body. And there are specific like meditations you can do. You can probably find them on YouTube or an app that have to do with tapping into what your intuition into that inner guidance and into that heart space. There's a, you know, the Insight Timer is a great app that has a lot of those, but basically anything that you can do to get out of your brain, get out of your mind and drop down into your body drop into that heart space and drop into that intuition. And therein lies the, therein lies the answer and therein lies the strength, right? It's just a battle, a little bit of a battle. So it takes a little bit of practice, I think, to get there, but it is possible. Anyone can do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you have a message of hope you want to give? Yeah. I think a message of hope would be that first of all, anything is possible. And secondly, anything can be healed in my line of work. I have a lot of people who come to me who say, you know, I've been diagnosed with, you know, you know, anxiety my whole life. I'm having panic attacks every day, or I've been taking this drug. I've tried five times to get off, or I have diabetes and I have hypertension and I have this. And, you know, all of these lists of medical problems and perceived obstacles and perceived things that many doctors many times have said are chronic incurable. You know, there's no way you, it's it's irreversible. You'll have to take drugs for life. So I think my message would be, that's all not true. It really is not true. It is my belief and my experience as a doctor and seeing many, 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 many people and and, uh, being able to work with many people that really, truly anything can actually be healed. What we are being told by the mainstream, you know, media and traditional doctors and things like that is is not actually true. But the first step, the first step in, in healing is actually to believe that is to believe that it's possible. And that's, that's the key is to unlearn and deprogram yourself, which is not, you know, this isn't an overnight thing, um, but to unlearn and deprogram all of that, that you have absorbed and has been, you know, that you have internalized your whole life about what you think you are, about who you think you are and about how your body works. If you can believe in something else, if you can believe that it's possible and you can take those steps towards healing it, it you can heal. I love that. Is there anything else that you want to say that I didn't ask you or a message you want to give? I think we pretty much covered it. Yeah, I I love you kind of encapsulated that in the message of hope. Definitely. Oh, this was so great. And I will have all of your links and everything else right there in the show notes and on the website and everything else. Thank you so much for being a guest today on 52 Weeks of Hope. 
Thank you so much, Lauren. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, this was great. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and take with you the messages of honesty, gratitude, and an open heart. Such great messages to take into your week ahead. Be sure to tune in next week for another empowering episode all about how to live abundantly, authentically, and how to have fun. It's a great episode that's super upbeat. And that's next week. You definitely don't want to miss that. Be sure to sign up for free Confidence and Clarity Boost sessions. If you're struggling, this might be for you. It's for those who feel like life's passing them by, your inner critic's going nonstop, you're feeling burnt out and jealous of those who are doing what you wish you were doing. Just go to the website at 52weeksofhope.com and sign up over there. If you're enjoying the podcast, share the love and tell two of your friends. I'm Lauren Abrams. Thanks for listening.